Hello, good morning, everybody. So today's topic is, does the Wim Hof method actually work? So you might have seen a lot of people doing like cold plunges, cold showers, these breathing techniques. Um, and it's been popularized by this guy called Wim Hof. He's like a Dutch extreme athlete. He basically can sit in extremely cold temperatures for ages. And he thinks that like everyone can do it and they can have the benefits of it, blah, 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 blah. So a randomized control trial, which is the pinnacle of of research really put it to the test to see if it actually did work so they found 42 you know quote-unquote normal weight young males average age of 27 with no health problems um, and a control group so the control group did their activities every day the intervention group did the following routine breathing exercises did 30 to 40 rounds of just tummy breathing emphasizing deep breaths light breaths they did mindfulness meditation, um, so just looking through their body and bodily sensations for five minutes, and they did cold water immersion, so 30 seconds under cold water in the shower, and then added more time as they got used to it. Um, so the routine took about 15 minutes, and the study found after 15 days there was no statistical difference in heart rate variability, blood pressure, and pulse wave velocity, which is an indicator of artery stiffness. Um, no changes in mood levels or stress. Now, obviously... It's a short study, 15 days. But the reason I bring this up is you'll often see on social media these people like Wim Hof who are like gifted in a sense that they can do these things, saying everyone can do it. Seeing people with extreme genetics. And what I mean by extreme genetics is they are built for something they're doing and they're trying to act like everyone's is available to everyone. You'll see like ex extreme um, kind of like maybe, like, maybe extreme athletes is the word for it, but athletes who really are in on what they're doing and then they try and sell out to the general public, right? You might think, this is brilliant. And we can learn a lot from athletes and professional sports people because of the mindset stuff and being in the arena under pressure with crowd watching, you know, really, really hard. But often we need to think back, how does this relate to me? You know, how does my lifestyle match this? And you've got to think about what your lifestyle is. Your lifestyle equals the body you have, right? So if you want to be ripped and shredded for six to nine months of the year, your lifestyle has to match what that body looks like. And a lot of you don't have the time and the, the capability to have that. And they might be saying, that's defeatist, Scott. Like you're saying, none of us can have abs. You can, for sure. But what it means is, is you have to accept, well, maybe I have to have lower calorie intake because my weight will be lower. I can't really just go out and have meals with my friends, eat whatever I want here and there. I have to be more strict in terms of my energy intake. Maybe I've got to say no to more social plans because they will be hard unless I go to the social plans and control it. Um, my training regime has got to be on point. I might have to increase my training regime. And you might think, well, to be honest, Scott, like when I think about it, it's not possible for me to do that. And that's absolutely fine. You know, like during... COVID, a lot of people got really, really fit and they become their leanest version of themselves. And that proves the point. COVID forced a lifestyle, um, kind of a social experiment on us where you couldn't go out anymore and socialize. You couldn't just go here, go there. You were at home, nothing to do. You had a lot of time to yourself and you could exercise. You could put time into your mindfulness. You could put time into education. You could put time into all that stuff, all those habits that you always wanted to do, but real life made it hard. And a lot of people got into the best shape. And a lot of people gained weight, so it shows as well how it can differ. So you have to say, am I willing to live that lifestyle for that type of body? 
And a lot of you will come to the conclusion at the end of the journey or like, you know, like down the line, as we'd say, nah, it's not worth me missing out on just being spontaneous with this and that, worrying about my energy intake that much and this and that. I'd rather have a bit more fat on my body and have this type of lifestyle. And a lot of you are going to get it. You're going to go, why was I worrying about that much fat? No one's going to see that fat apart from you. You might bring it on the beach one day. You know, in reality, your body, whilst social media was edited, by the way, remember, edited photos, crazily edited photos, everyone looks amazing. And you look in the mirror and like suboptimal lighting and you're like, oh, well, I'm not looking great. So you have to think about these things. It's the same as like people would be like, well, I want, I want to start my own business, for example. I want all the I want all the glory that happens when you have a successful business, they might say. And you just look at these millionaires and billionaires. And then if you were to follow them around every day and see how they how long their days are and how they haven't got any weekends anymore, it's just day after day, you'd have to think, Would I am I willing to replace what I got for that? And a lot of people would start saying no to that because it's a lot of pressure every day. So you know, you need to start thinking about these things because it's going to get to the point where you decide what type of lifestyle you want to lead. And you might be holding yourself back. Maybe you are capable of unlocking level two, level three, level four of the lifestyle you can achieve. So say now you've got five levels and you're currently on level one. You're not exercising much. You're not looking after your calorie intake. You're not eating more protein. You're not getting your steps in. You're not thinking about your long-term health. You're not listening to like daily podcasts, get your head in the right game. You're sluggish, you're lethargic, you're spending too much time on your phone, you know, you're on level one of who you could be. And a lot of you can get a level two, level three very easily. You just got to put some effort and time in and take some time off your phone. You know, there is time to be had in the day, but we do have 24 hours. We're limited to 24 hours or like 16 waking hours, really. A lot of you have got more free time in those 16 hours than others. A lot of people might have less because they're parents and it depends on your jobs and shift workers and stuff, but... You can't have more time. There's only 24 hours or 16 hours. So you've got to see what, what, you know, how far away are you from actually making your day as optimal as it can be without you having to sacrifice and like go down the path of like, I have to do cardio every night after workout so I can get this lean. You know, a lot of people fall into that trap. They do 45 minutes on the Stairmaster or on this treadmill every day because they, they need to do that for the, the calories and they've got to keep going, you know? So... I'm sure a lot of you have not unlocked your full potential. I'm sure a lot of you can get up to level four, level five, which means you're making, you're smashing your calorie intake, your protein intake is high, your steps are brilliant, your mind's in the right place, you're feeding it with good information, you're giving yourself time to like fo- focus and meditate, or not just meditate, the mindfulness. Like, can you just be aware? Can you be in the now each day? You know, you start deciding to eat foods because they're good for you and the energy they give you and how they they don't make you bloated and feel sluggish as opposed to like you think you have to eat them. You start doing exercise even if it's once a week or twice a week and you notice what that does to your mental health, you know, and your muscle mass and your bone mineral density, all these things. And then you start thinking of maybe I should do some hobbies that are more active again and you start doing hobbies and you love these hobbies you start doing, you join a club locally, you do dance class, you go hiking a lot. Like there's loads of stuff you could be doing. And then you start unlocking level four or five of who you could be. And that's when all of these small things that you might think they are come together over some time. That's what we should be going for. Not 
I'm here today and I've just seen the number one athlete in the world on Instagram and I want to be like that athlete, so I'm going to start doing like their crazy regime and Wim Hof method, all this stuff. You're so far away from that image that you're going to feel like crap trying to get to it because you'll never get to it. But if you can focus on you, you know what yourself, you know deep down, all of you listening, you know deep down, you've got more in the tank, you've got more effort available. You definitely know so. And all I'm asking is to bring that out um, which is already there, as opposed to trying to be someone you're not, you know, so think about that now, and I want to answer a few questions in today as well, I want to talk a bit about water and carbohydrates and what happens in the body, so a lot of people are worried, why am I drinking more water, how does drinking more water make me weigh less, all this stuff, so in the bodybuilding world, on a competition week, so before they do a show a week out, people tend to water load where they drink four, five, six, seven litres of water go up and up every day. They're drinking eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve litres of water a day, you know. And then we a day or two before the show, or like thirty-six hours before the show, water intake drops down to pretty much sips every few hours. And what happens there is the body is always peeing, 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 peeing. The water's coming in and out, in and out, in and out. What happens in the last bit is when all this water is expected to come in, there's a lot of peeing that happens in that 36 hours. And it's a lot of water releases the releases from the system and the muscles and everything don't feel the need to hold on too much water because there's so much water coming in. And they don't exactly know why this works in a sense. Like I've spoke to some people who are like, competition prep coaches and like it, it works but the science on it is quite like mm, we don't we don't know exactly but that's kind of what the gist of it is and you know in 36 hours because you haven't drank any water you're not holding on to any water because you peed it all out and you look as lean as possible on stage right so how does that apply to us well if you don't drink enough water the theory is the body might hold on to more water to conserve more water and you start feeling more fluffy more soft if you're drinking a decent amount of water a day, the body may not need to think that way. Or t- I'm not necessarily think that way. The mechanics of it may be that there's water coming in, it's coming in, it's all good. You know, there's no need to hold on to it. That's the current consensus on it. And obviously a lot of people who do drink about two litres of water a day do notice they feel leaner. They pee in more regularly, which, you know, the pee colour's clear, which is better. And just more hydrated in general, and it works better. Now, when it comes to carbohydrates, for example... Your body can store about 700 to 800 grams of glycogen, and that's just for easy sake, carbohydrates, in the muscle. So before my competition on Sunday, I loaded up on carbs on the Saturday. I was meant to do more on the Friday, but I left it a bit too late. But, you know, I did some training Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I would have been a bit depleted because I was thinking about making a weight class but in the end I went to higher class anyway but my plan was to make a weight class but on the on the Saturday I consumed between 500 to 700 grams of carbs um, and you think that's a wow that's a hell of a lot and you know I timed it through the days and I ate carbs that agreed with me obviously I didn't try and go for carbs I hadn't had so I was having the carb sources already eaten and the goal there is and you drink a lot of water is to Make sure that your muscles are filled up with glycogen. And, you know, if you've got 700 to 800 grams of carbs in your muscles and you fill up, and those and that brings in four grams of water per gram, so you're looking at another two to three kilos of water and the carbs in, uh, in itself, your body now, think of your muscles, they are primed. They are loaded with ammunition. They are locked and loaded and they're maxed out. You've got maximum glycogen levels. That means maximum energy available to the muscle 
which is a good thing when you're doing sports. So when you do sports, you will burn through that very quickly, though. So that is the problem when you think of endurance versus short, short um, matches and stuff like that. You will burn through those glycogen stores quickly. And you might think, and the thing is, your body can store seven eight hundred grams of carbs and I think 150 grams in the liver. So say just for the sake, it can store a kilogram. So one kg of carbs or glycogen. Your body can store a lot more that than fat, a lot more fat than that. So you can store, I mean, I'm sure there's people walking around with 30, 40 kgs of stored fat in their bodies. Some of you have got 20 kgs of stored fat, 30 kgs of stored fat. And you might be thinking, well, why not use fat then as the energy source? Because there's so much more fat and it's more dense in energy. Why not use that when you're trying to compete in sports or to be active or to perform at your best ability? The problem is the body can't utilize fat energy quickly enough during high intensity or during sports than carbohydrates so it it's not it's, if you get it's called keto adapted or fat adapted this was a theory well if you can adapt to using fat instead of carbs first then maybe we can burn through fat quick and we can actually use that because it's a better energy source in terms of the vast amounts we have but it just doesn't work that way the body needs the glucose it's like three to four times quicker than trying to use fat and convert an ant to energy, right? So this is the problem with the fat-adapted stuff. So you've got to think of carbs. They are really useful for us, you know, if you want to be peak performance. And it, maybe not even just sports, but, like, the brain uses a lot of glucose. You want to start thinking of your water intake and your carbohydrate intake sometimes. And your carbohydrates are going to come from, you know, your pasta, your rice, and some breads, if you agree with breads, and oats, and, you know fibrous veggies all these types of stuff and fruits all these amazing things so when it comes to oh my god i feel in bloated and heavy like you could have by accident have had a high 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 carb day or few days and you've had a lot of liquids and waters and stuff yeah you're going to feel heavier you can feel significantly heavier you can be significantly heavier but it's not fat it's just that you are maxed out on gluco uh, glycogen storage and you've got a lot of water pulled in, and that's actually good news. So the next time you have a overindulgence from a carbohydrate source, or your carby source, what you need to say to yourself is this, I am now a primed animal, ready to do something. You know, ready to go on a workout, and ready to go and do something. I, I've got energy to burn. My muscles are ready, and go and do something. You know, if you don't do any exercise at all, just go, well, you know, maybe I'll go and do a, a class or something. I'll ask my friend if they want to go for a, do like a bodyweight workout that's really easy to do. You can find loads on YouTube as well, really beginner stuff. And you go and utilize your muscles when that are, that are filled to the brim with glycogen. So I wanted to cover that because people asked about it. So it is important to have a consistent water intake, whether it's one liter that's compatible for you or whether it's two liters. Some people are on three liters. Salts are important as well. You don't want to ignore salts. You want to get the salts in. Um, and that's it. You know, you don't need to worry about this stuff too much. I'm talking you know, about performance nutrition, which is a very different field to, like, fat loss. But it's, it's good to understand what happens because the, the fields can get meddled up. But back to the original point of this podcast to start with, you know, like the Wim Hof Method and all that. Look, if you want to try these things and they help your day, who am I to say don't do it? I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying... The scientific benefits behind them and how what they claim on social media isn't quite there. 
Um, but whatever routine works for you, do it. A lot of people spend an hour, an hour, 60 to 90 minutes in the morning doing some crazy routines when they can just get straight into what they need to do when they wake up. You know, I've tried many routines in the morning and my favorite one is I wake up, I walk to the kitchen, I get a cup of coffee going and I read. That for me is peak morning. I've tried waking up, going straight for a run for 20 minutes, then back to do some meditation for 20 minutes, followed by journaling for 20 minutes, you know, then shower, get ready and all this stuff. And whilst I had some nice days doing that, it was more, what can I say, maybe more effort than I was getting. It was a lot of effort, but I wasn't getting the gains back for me, you know, and I wasn't reading as well, which I wanted to do. So you've got to pick the routine that works for you. Um... Walk, waking up and going for a walk is a good one. Some of you might say, I wake up, I would need a shower first, then go for a walk, so I'm fresh. Some of you might say, I like waking up, getting straight outfit on, and going for a walk, getting a bit of a sweat on, coming back, then showering and feeling fresh. So, test them out, guys. Test them out. Because walking in the morning is important. Getting your steps in ahead of the day is important. And when it comes to your one big thing for the day, what am I going to do today that moves the needle? What's that one thing? Could be going for a little early, early morning walk, especially if you've got blue skies. Even if it's cold, it's so nice to get out and go for a walk when there's blue skies. And there might not be many blue skies around at this time of year, but they will be coming soon. So you better get used to it. But I hope you have a good day. Focus on the metrics that matter. Don't overwhelm yourself with tracking too many data points. If your goal is weight loss, you know exactly what to do. You hit your protein target. You try and come near your pro- uh, you hit you try and come near your protein target. No problem if you're not getting near it yet. Your calorie intake, try and hit your target. If you go over under, that's fine. It's your weekly average of matters. Get some water in. Get your steps in. And ideally, weigh yourself every morning after you wake up and go to the toilet because daily weigh-ins with a weekly average is a very good indication and it can let us know if your progress is happening and it can also let us know if the calories and protein targets that you have are correct. So other than that, crack on with your day guys don't fall for the extremes you see in social media focus on you unlock yourself if you're on level one right now let's see if you can get to level two of who you're meant to be and i look forward to seeing level fives of all of you very very soon